atheism, theism, religious or religion and Christianity. What do these words have in common? What do these have to do one with another? Well, we're glad you're here. We're going to try to find out this week. We're going to continue and pick up where we left off last week. But welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. It's good to be back with you on this beautiful Thursday. We hope that this podcast finds you well, and we hope that truly what we might say today will be a blessing to you and uh, will help you in some ways. Now, I do want to say this. We've asked the and titled these episodes last week and this week, Are You Really a Christian? Before we even get into anything else, I do want to say this. This is not me saying whether you are a Christian or whether you're not. I can't look on a man's heart. This is not me saying whether you are a theist, whether you're not, whether you're religious, any of these things. This is me taking four common terms that we find in the church and that we find surrounding our beliefs taking, breaking them down, comparing them one with another, and then I'm going to leave it up to you to ask yourself this question, to ask yourself truly if you're really a Christian. As we were studying this, we ask ourselves these questions. But anyways, before we get into anything else, we want to go ahead and give you the housekeeping, go ahead and give you everything that we have been. So, um. Don't forget, find us on Facebook, level the, the Level Ground Podcast. Go engage in the post. We try to post on there as much as we can. Sometimes we get busy and we don't get to. But nevertheless, every single week, the episodes that are live here and that come up on any app that you listen to it on come up on Facebook as well. You can share those to your Facebook page. You can share those with your Facebook friends. You can do any kind of sharing you want to. Also, you can like, comment, and and interact with the podcast and with us there. Um, same thing uh, with Instagram. You find us on Instagram, levelground.22. Now, you find us there. You're not going to get the link to every episode, but we try to post every week just to keep you guys updated about what's going on. And if we don't, we're definitely posting on Facebook. Also, and we mentioned it last week, we're going to mention it again. We are on YouTube, LinkedIn, Tumblr, um, Twitter now. You can find us on Twitter. Um, we've even got, we're working now on a new website. So if you want a website that's easier to go to, uh, to find out, and we, we want to have it fixed up where it's a one-stop shop. You can go, you can reach out to us there. You can find all of our links to the Facebook page, find the links to, um, to the podcast in different places, all of these things. And, also, we're going to have it to where you can find out about us, find out what we believe, um, find out about me if you don't, if you're new to the podcast and want to learn more about it. Um, and it's just going to be an easier thing. So all you've got to do, if you want to find more, I can se- find out more. I can send you a link to a website. So definitely be looking out for that. And also, um, don't forget, if you or anybody you know needs a Bible, And this is not just for Christians. This is not just for somebody who's born again. This is not just for somebody that's in a certain type of church. If anybody, anywhere, in any shape needs a Bible, reach out to us. We want to get you a Bible. Free of charge to you. You don't have to worry about it. 
you reach out to us, say, hey, Grayson, I want a Bible. Send us your uh, contact information or send us your address. We'll get a Bible sent to you. And there is nothing more precious to any Christian and nothing more precious to anybody than a copy of God's Holy Word. And we're going to try to get that to you. And we want you to have that copy. A lot of questions you may have um, for us can be answered through the Word of God. And everything that I know, I didn't learn from something a man told me or some some question that I asked, but everything that I've ever learned, I learned from the Word of God. And I did have to learn how to study the Word of God in order to learn these things. So definitely is the most valuable tool um, that we could ever uh, we could ever have in our possession. Another thing we want to leave with you is if you want to reach out to us, want to speak to us, want to talk to us, questions, comments, concerns, whatever it may be, reach out to our email, levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. I want to leave you one with one more thing before we get into the episode to be excited about, to be looking toward. I don't know when it's coming, when we're going to do it, but there is a giveaway coming soon. So if you want to get some free stuff, you want to... Uh, you want to get lucky maybe and and get some some really cool stuff. I'm looking at some things we've got together for the giveaway right now. And if you want to get some free stuff and everything like that, be waiting, be watching Facebook, be watching Instagram. Um, we'll have it set up, and you'll know when that uh, when that giveaway is ready and when that giveaway is coming. But. Let's go ahead and get into the meat of this thing. Now, we left you last week, and we compared atheism and theism, and we learned, and this is by the way of recap, we learned that atheism is no belief in God in any higher power, and theism is a belief in some higher power or in God. Now, of course, we took a more Christian approach to it, but ultimately, that's the two definitions. We've also looked at the problems uh, with atheism. And some of the questions that arise from atheism, and we also looked at how theism, in any sense, but especially in the sense of a Christian, or in the sense of Christianity, or in the sense of believing in God the Father, um, we looked at how theism in that way answers atheism's questions. And it really, like one of my favorite things, and, and I've, I hope I have not been hung up on it, but one of my favorite things we've learned from all of this is how that not only do we have individuality through having a creator and believing in a creator, but also we have a sense of purpose. And just the fact of having a creator, just the sole fact of just having a creator, somebody who formed us from the dust of the earth, formed mankind from the dust of the earth, it gives us a moral reason to do certain things. And I love that. Like, the the fact of just because we have a creator, we shouldn't hate anybody because they're created in God's image. And I love that. That that answers so many questions. Not I hope for you as well, but for me too. And you know, many questions I have about things in the world, things that are going on day to day. And it just seems like to me that is one of the greatest answers that we could ever get. Now, today we're going to look at two separate Two more, the two other accounts. We're going to look at religion, and we're going to look at being a religious person, and we're going to look at being a Christian, and we're going to put them side by side. And then we're going to take, and at the very end of the episode, we're going to compare theism to Christianity. And 
through all of this, we hope, like we said in the on start, we don't want to decide for you what you are, who you are, what you believe, what you don't believe, but we hope that you ask yourself this question. And if we change your mind to believe one way or another, that's great. If we don't, that's okay too. But truly, we just felt the need to cover this. And so, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Now, I want us to look at uh, being a religious person first. Now, to be religious means to be devoted to the practice of religion. So, whatever the case may be, if you're a Christian and you go to church every Sunday and you're devoted to going to church every Sunday and you're going to go every time the doors are open... Or even as a Christian, you're going to go and you're going to go to every Bible study. You're going to sing in the choir. You're going to uh, go to communion and foot washing. You're going to go to these things. And you do that every Sunday. That is being a religious person. Now, is being religious a bad thing? No, it is not. Um, but the problem with being solely religious is it's work-based. Keeping religions or, or religious traditions even, and putting more effort into the structure of the church service is problematic because if you're putting more, more emphasis on the structure of the church service and the traditions of the church service and the traditions of the church and the religious things that the church does, and you're putting more faith in that and putting more stock in that than you are in the leadership of God, there is an issue there. And then in turn leads leads to problems in the church into any I don't know about any religion. All I've been is a Christian. I've been to church my whole life. I can't compare to other ones, but I know for me that if I was to go in and be a religious person and be solely devoted to the traditions and everything like that, there's going to be problems to me because I'm going to do it out of obligation. And then when I'm doing it out of obligation, my my frame of mind is going to change and my frame of mind is going to be negative toward it. And here's the thing is that we don't have to be necessarily religious. Um, we don't have to we don't have to make sure that we are doing certain things every day as a Christian. We just have to worship the Lord and follow the Lord's leadership. And we ought to delight ourselves in in the Lord instead of just doing things out of obligation. If I if I sat here and I told you right now that every Thursday before I recorded this podcast, I was doing it for religious reasons and doing it out of obligation, doing it out of habit, whatever the case may be, and I was doing these things, ultimately I would be sitting here with you talking and having a very negative conversation because of who I am and how I am. But let's look a little bit more. Let's actually dig into some scripture in the seventh chapter of the book of Mark, and we're going to start with the first verse. It says, Then came together unto him the Pharisees, and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of the disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. For Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition, key word there, tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots and broken and, and brazen vessels and of tables. All of these things that we just mentioned before we continue reading, all of these things that we just mentioned to you were 
traditions. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? Hath he answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you, hip- of you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. As he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. So here's the thing. And what, what's happening in this scripture, and I want to simplify it best we can if you don't understand. What happened was the disciples were there, they were going to eat, and they hadn't washed their hands before they ate. Now, the Jews and the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes looked and seen them about to do that. And they're like, well, that's wrong. That, that's terrible. Because that's what our, our, our elders done. That's what grandma and grandpa taught us to do. And and, you know, we've got to wash the pots and we've got to do all these things and we've got to wash our hands and they're not doing it. And that is wrong. God's not happy with that. And so then Jesus Christ called them out and said, look, you're putting more stock and more, more value into traditions, into religion, if you'd have it that way. You're putting more stock into it than you are the commandments of God. You ought to put just as much stock into the commandments of God as you do these other things. And he says this, that, and let me find it right quick, like, he says these words, this people, talking about the Pharisees, honoreth me with their lips. So they were speaking, oh, praise unto God, praise unto God, we, you know, we love you, Lord, we're, you're so great, you're so amazing, just like a quote-unquote religious person would do, but then Jesus went so, goes on to say this, but their heart is far from me. What we've got to realize here is that religion's not the problem. There's nothing wrong with, with grandma and grandpa have teaching uh, the, the Pharisees there to wash their hands and to keep this custom, to wash these pots and cups, but it was not a commandment of God. But there's nothing wrong with that tradition they upheld that religious tradition they upheld. But I tell you this, they had put more stock in it. And even though they were crying with their lips, oh God, we love you, oh we worship you, in the depths of their heart, it was far from the Lord. And that's the dangerous part of being solely religious, being more caught up in religions and your tradi- or, or in religion and your religious traditions and being a religious person than it is the fact of worshiping God. If me or you was to put more stock in our tradition, say that my church had a cookout every year, and they'd been doing this cookout for 50 years, and one year it rains, and it just destroys my heart because it rains and I can't go to this cookout. See, at this point, it had been a tradition all of my life, and even before that. And it rains, and my heart's broken, and would I have been justified because I had went to it every year? Yeah, I would have been justified in being heartbroken. 
But here's the thing. If I sat in the church service and the preacher got up and he preached hell, and he preached how hot hell was, and he preached how sweet heaven was, and he preached it hard and shared the gospel, and he got up there and say he didn't even mention heaven and hell, but he mentioned how great being saved was and how great the things of God are and how that everybody has access into that through Jesus Christ. And someone leaves that service in the, shame, in the same way as what they came. If there is a lost soul in the midst and they left, and I guarantee you this, God would not send a message like that unless there was somebody there that needed to hear it. And if the preacher come in and he preached these things, and that certain individual got up and left, and they left just as lost as a dog in tall weeds, and that they left and they were the same miserable shape, and that didn't break my heart, whereas the cookout canceling did, there's an issue there. It's okay to be religious. It's okay to keep religious traditions. But don't say that I am a religious person. Because when you become a religious person, you put more stock into the traditions of your forefathers, the traditions of your grandma and grandpa, and the traditions of all of these things, all of these people, but you're not worshiping God. And that's how dangerous that can be. The church then can turn from a place to worship God where God can have his perfect work in people's life to all a show. If we come in every Sunday and and we'll, I, again, all I know is church. I'm just going to going to use church for example. The church that I go to or every church that I've ever been to, the there's not an order to the service. Nothing's planned out, but there is a tradition held there in a way, and it's fine. I don't see nothing wrong in it, but here's the thing. So you go in, you sing a song, somebody welcomes the church, sing a few more songs, the preacher gets up to preach, he gives for an altar call for whoever wants to come pray, and then... Maybe at the end he gives way for testimonies. And that that order of service, so to speak, is fine. It's good. And we've done it all of my life. That's all I know. That's all I remember is that order of service. To the point that you could almost say that this order of service was somewhat of a religious tradition. But here's the thing. If God was to command somebody in the middle of service to stand up and testify... And they sat there and said, uh-uh, it's going to disrupt things. It's going to disrupt the religious tradition we have. There's an issue there. Or if somebody were to do that and were to follow God and the rest of the church said, uh-uh, they can't do that right now. That's interrupting our religious traditions. Again, I say there is an issue there. I want us to look at some things. So, uh, so let, let's just start. I want to start and really, really say this so you know this. Religion is a good thing. Just like washing your hands before you eat because of tradition. And, and this is referring to the Scripture. I know that not everybody probably washes their hands before they eat. And, and I know that every time I eat on a job site, 
There's some days I'm not able to wash my hands, but I might wipe them off. I might dust them off, do the best that I can. And, and it's good hygiene. And, and that's a good thing to do is to keep your hands clean. But you've got to realize this, that tradition and even religious traditions do not bring you closer to Christ. Sometimes we give heed to these traditions thinking that God ordained it. And God ordained these things. When really, in all reality, it may just be the way we've done it for years. And, and that's just like what I was mentioning a second ago, you know. And you put, if you think that it brings you closer to Christ, number one, to obey a tradition, we'll go back to this little cookout that I'm talking about. If I thought that this cookout really brought me closer to God, but it was just a tradition, I deceived myself. I had lied to myself. And then... I put so much stock in that tradition, thinking that God had commanded it be that way, when really that's not the case. What God commanded was that we follow Him and follow what He says for us to do. And I know that I'm probably going to ruffle feathers with this, and that's okay. And I'll just be honest with you. If you don't like what you're listening to, and you disagree and it's starting to make you angry, make you mad, whatever the case may be, anytime you're listening to a podcast episode, if that's what's happening and you just can't handle it, you've got two options. You can stay here and listen, and you can be open-minded. You can listen and try to engage. I want, I want us all to learn things together. Or you can quit listening. I'm not making you stay here. I'm not making you spend an hour of your life listening to this so i just want to go ahead and say that if this ruffles your feathers don't let it it's not worth it it's not worth us being against each other about something now let's move on does the order of service that we have does that does that the the getting up singing five or six songs preacher getting up and preaching giving away for altar call what i mentioned earlier does that mean God intended for every service to be the exact same? I dare say no. And the reason why I say this is because he went to the blind man, and when he went to the blind man, he spit on the ground and made spittle and anointed his eyes. Or you look at maybe... The leper over there that went and washed in Jordan, I think it was. And he went and washed in Jordan seven times. And he submerged his whole body where the leprosy was. You can think of other things that that Jesus Christ done. And any miracle that he performed, he didn't perform it the same way every single time. But in that certain instance... In that certain place, in that certain time, when God himself, in the flesh, was wrought a miracle, he'd done in that moment what the person in need required of him, or needed from him, or needed in order for them to be made whole. When he seen Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was up in the tree, and... He was looking down, trying to just get a look at Jesus. He looked up at Zacchaeus and seen the things in Zacchaeus' heart, I believe, in Zacchaeus' soul, 
And Zacchaeus was of small stature. The song we sung as a child, Zacchaeus is a, uh, was a, le- a wee little man. And so we, God looked at him, and God could have left him up in the tree, or Jesus could have left him up in the tree and just kept on walking, or Jesus could have went up to the tree and climbed up in the tree and got with him. But he called out unto him and beckoned him to come to him through the crowd. And in that moment, Jesus Christ, I believe this with my whole heart, in that moment, Jesus Christ not only commanded and demanded the attention of the crowd, the Bible doesn't say this, but he he demanded the attention of the crowd. They heard him call somebody by name. And then also it gave Zacchaeus no excuse to go to Jesus. Whereas if it had been the same type, same thing, same way, every time Jesus had walked through a town and, and everything, there would be no miracles would have been performed. God has kept a sense of individuality with each person and each need is individual and each need is different. And they're not going to be worked on and worked through the same way every time. The spiritual needs that you have in a church service that you have in your life sometimes What's going to help it the most is things not being in tradition and in religious tradition that are not commanded by God. These are religious traditions of man, not religious traditions of God. There's a, there's a separation there, and we'll get to that in a second. But you've got to realize that there is certain instances where we need to we can stay this way but there's sometimes it's okay to be different it's okay to do things different it's okay to speak up when the lord tells you to it's okay to go hug somebody when they tell you to and do what god has commanded you to do over keeping that same organized thing you've always had some of the best times in my life in the house of god has been when things got different when things changed. Now I want us to keep on looking. It is an individual thing when God works. It is new every time. When God saved me, it was new for me. God didn't use the same batch, if you'd have it that way, that he used for somebody, the, the person he saved before me. He mixed up a batch just for me to help me. And if you truly give more heed to the way you've done things in religion and religiously for so many years, if you put more stock into that, then you're putting limitations on God because of religion and religious traditions. And those religions or, or those religious traditions end up becoming idle. And or, or idols to us. And the Bible said, and you look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And that right there tells you that if you're worshiping the tradition, you're worshiping religion more than you're worshiping God, you have violated yourself the Ten Commandments. Now let's look at Colossians chapter number 2, verses 6 through 9. As ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, 
as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world or of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now let's break this down just a hair and just simplify it as best we can for you. Number one, Paul is giving us, or Paul, and Paul is writing, and he is giving us some advice. You've received Jesus into your heart. You're saved. Walk in him. Do as he commands. Be rooted in Jesus Christ and be rooted in the things of God and then be built up from that foundation and in Jesus Christ and be established in the faith as you have been taught. Now, here's the thing. Somebody's taught you about Jesus. Somebody's told you about Jesus. You ought to stand in that, be in that, abide in that. And then abide and abound therein with thanksgiving. Be thankful that somebody taught you about Jesus and taught you about following God. But then Paul, not only does he give encouragement, but he comes back and he gives a warning. And he, he starts talking about beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. What he's telling what he's telling the Colossians there is, and what he's telling us in this scripture is be careful of these traditions. These traditions are not always of God, and sometimes these traditions don't uplift God. And he gives that warning there, and he's telling them, hey, look out. Be careful. Be wise. Keep your eyes open. And do not put more stock in them than you do in Jesus Christ. And then after he says and talks about how that these things were patterned after men and not after Christ, he begins to talk about Christ. And he says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, three in one, lumped together in one body. I believe I'd rather follow him than what Grandma and Grandpa told me to do. I'd rather follow the Lord and do what the Lord wanted me to do as opposed I'd rather follow what the Lord wanted me to do as opposed to doing what Grandma and Grandpa or Mom and Daddy and I love my Mom and Daddy. I love my family. Or some old preacher told me to do. I, I'm not going to obey that and I shouldn't obey that. I should obey G Jesus Christ should be the ultimate God for you. And I want us to think about this. God brings religion. There are some things God wants us to do and to keep religiously. But religion does not bring God. See, you can have religion without God, but you can't have and and I really I, this I hope that this makes sense when I say this. You can have religion without God, but you cannot have God without some form of religion. With God, there is an order. There are some things that he commanded us to do. He gave offices of the church. He, give, he told us to do the work of an evangelist. He told, uh, talked about pastors. He talked about preachers. He uh, talked about deacons. And then you look on, and, 
And he then goes into uh, to some other things about ordinances of the church. There's two ordinances in the Bible, in the Word of God. One of those ordinances is communion and foot washing, or not communion and foot washing, just communion, just the Lord's Supper. And then the other one is water baptism. And those are the two ordinances of the Word of God. And yes, there are other things like foot washing. We mentioned it a second ago. He mentioned it. He said, as often as you do this, but, and he also said, happy are ye if you do these things. But he didn't say you had to do it. He didn't say that it needed to be done. So we don't count that as an ordinance. But there's two ordinances there, and that is religion. But I can sit here and I can go sing five, six songs out of obligation. I can preach out of obligation. I can do all these things out of obligation. That's not going to bring on, that's not going to bring God, coerce him into spending time with me. And honestly, if you put more faith into tradition and into quote unquote religion, whatever it may be, and put more faith in those things than you do Christ, ultimately religion will send you straight to hell. If you put more faith, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, but you've put your faith in religion. You've put your faith in the things of the church. You've put your faith in in uh, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, VBS, uh, Bible studies, all of these things, but you never give yourself to Jesus Christ and surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ, hell will be your home. And like I said in the onset, religion is good. There are good things about it, but we should not worship religion and tradition. We should worship God. And we should let, if God tells us to let some of these traditions that we have built up and these religion, uh, religious things, being a religious person, we've let, and we've done these things, and, and if God tells us to throw that to the side, we ought to be willing to throw it to the side and worship Him in spirit and in truth. It doesn't say in religion and in truth. It doesn't say in spirit and religion. It says worship God in spirit and in truth. You want to know what it takes to worship God? It takes the Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. Which means you have to be saved. You have to be born again. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then do it knowing that He is the true God, that He truly has power, that He's truly omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. I'm getting a little preachy today. I'm I'm sorry. Put more faith in God. Now, I'll close out the religious part of it. I'll close it out like this. Be careful. Don't put more faith in religion, in being religious, and in traditions than you do in God. It's nothing but trouble. Religion's okay. Religion's not bad but it should not be God to you. And I'm afraid that's how a lot of us have become. We've let religion rear its head up and become a God to us. Now let's look at a Christian. This is the good stuff. This is the stuff I like. You want to know why I harp about being saved all the time? It's because I want you to be a Christian just like I am. 
I can't speak for nobody else but me. There's days that I don't feel like a Christian, but I truly try to be a Christian. Now, what is being a Christian? What is a Christian? It's one that belongs to Christ and relates to Christ, to his doctrines, precepts, and example. A Christian profession as a Christian profession and practice. Now, we're going to look into some Bible real quick, and then we're going to get into the real good stuff. Acts 11, 19 through 26. Now, when they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all, that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and fully and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul, for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first, or and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now here we're going to use the law of first mention. We find the first use of the word Christian, and we find that it was used to describe people and their actions. And so let's look at their actions right quick. They were preaching and, and evangelizing and witnessing and whatever you call it, uh, or whatever you want to call it, uh, to the Jew mainly, to the ones that were God's chosen people. But then they seen some Gentiles along the way, and they stopped and they shared the gospel with them, and Gentiles started believing. And they were willing to give what they had so that somebody could be saved. And it didn't matter to them who it was, but all was worth it. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with being Christ-like? To being like Christ, why did they think it was being like Christ? You remember when Jesus found a woman sitting on the well over there? A Samaritan woman and a Jew wasn't supposed to have any dealings with a Samaritan woman. And he began to witness to her and began to talk to her. He didn't care that she was a Samaritan. But he seen her as a person, seen her as God's creation. And these people over here in Acts, they went, these disciples, I guess you could call them, went and they seen these people and, yeah, maybe they hadn't believed in God all of their life. They hadn't been taught the Old Testament and the law and all of these things. Yeah. But the Jews, or but the Christians there, the disciples there, viewed them as valuable because they were God's creation and had enough love and compassion for them 
that they wanted them to have the same thing and the same opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ that they had. And they went to work.